0: Welcome to the SHIFT Podcast. This podcast was recorded on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee people. The creators of this podcast recognize that we are all treaty people, and we accept our collective responsibility to each other and to reconciliation, as we work towards an equitable, inclusive, and accessible campus for all. This bonus episode of the SHIFT Podcast is in collaboration with the Queen's Office of Faith and Spiritual Life. In this episode, you'll hear from BIPOC students and their lived experiences at Queen's. We attempt to uncover the many ways in which BIPOC and Queen's identity and culture intersect, homogenize, and oppose one another. You'll hear about their vision for cultivating greater safety, inclusion, and harmony within the campus climate. And ultimately, it is our aim to add to the conversation about the needs of the Queen's populace in creating a meaningful and lasting cultural shift We hope to provide you with something pertinent and engaging, and ask in return, you listen with an open mind and compassionate heart. The SHIFT podcast is part of the Queen's SHIFT project, a collection of initiatives aimed at creating a safer and more inclusive campus culture for all students. I'm your host, Jared Augustine, Queen student and program assistant at the Office of Faith and Spiritual Life. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Hello. 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 Thank you for joining on this podcast, this bonus episode of The Shift Podcast. Thanks to the listeners who are tuning in. Um, yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot to to discuss. And I think that we're going to hopefully uncover some some nice gems here. Definitely. Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to, I thought maybe we could just start off with you guys introducing yourselves, Um, my wonderful guests and my friends.
1: Hi, good morning everybody, or whenever you're listening to this. Um, My name is Monique and I am 22 years old and I'm left-handed and (laughs) um, I'm really, really, really excited to be Recording this podcast right now because jared and I uh, Met kind of really by chance like just walking down the street looking at each other Mm -hmm. And then it kind of blossomed into a beautiful A beautiful friendship Mm -hmm. and now we've kind of gotten to spread it in in this way um I Graduated from queens last year from the english literature program um and now I'm working, I'm creating, living, writing, dancing, doing all the fun stuff um, until I move cities shortly.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, Where are you moving to?
1: Probably to the UK, Mm. yeah. Yeah, moving to England has been uh, a dream since I was wee, like a little, little, being since I could even imagine, you know, having dreams I think and I'm not exactly sure why yet But I guess getting there will give me that answer. Mm. So now's the time like I'm wrapping it up here in Kingston and um, I'm excited. I love that.
0: Yeah, I'm Thank excited you. for you.
1: Thank you Um,
2: Hello everyone, I'm Salma and Actually, let me not like anglicize my my name. So my name is Selma um, and I'm a third-year kinesiology student at Queens doing my undergrad. Um, I joined the Faith and Spiritual Life office recently, I'm going to say, like, beginning of February, um, to help with a food program, you know, a little plug-in. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> interestingly, I ran into Jared, like, maybe, like, two weeks into, like, actually, like, being part of the office and... I feel like it was just like easy to have a conversation, and it feels like we've been friends for longer than we have been. Mm. Yeah. So very thankful for this opportunity.
0: Yeah, you were excited. Yeah. And I, I was excited that you were excited too, when I told you I was, because we had only known each other for like a week when I was like, yeah. "Hey, do you want to do this?" And like, you came with such great energy about it, and I was yeah. like, Yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like,
2: why is he taking so long to reply back? Like, you better not take back this offer. Like, yeah.
0: I'm at the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. burst through the recording door. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> sitting down here. Yeah, give me the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, yeah. Oh well, it's wonderful to both have you guys both here. Um, I've very much enjoyed our the way our friendships have maneuvered and blossomed. It's been it's been cool like this last year meeting a lot of new people you know yeah. different experiences um, maybe I, I mean I'm I'm Jared uh, fifth year kinesiology I work at the faith and spiritual life office I run a group little plug the voyagers we meet weekly although this one's our last meeting and we meet here so we'll see um, and uh, and that's been cool it's been cool to sort of exercise um my spiritual understandings and apply them integrate them um it's also this job i feel like i've had to like explore different faiths you know and really expand my horizon about spirituality um and yeah you know i'm i'm gonna be graduated i'm applying for a master's right now cultural studies and yeah i'm excited to see what happens in the next few months um Okay, I want to start off with asking you guys a question. Why did you pick Queens? That's
2: a big question. That is a great question. <laughs> I,
1: uh, Queens was actually the only Canadian school that I applied to. Like, I knew <clears throat> that I wanted to get out of here. And so I applied to a bunch of universities in the States. My mom and I did the whole, like, tour of all of them. I took my SATs, grinded so i could get out of here and then finally um we ended up touring queens i thought it was beautiful and then my mom came across the BISC program which is like the bader international study center in england and she kind of figured that it would be better if i could do one year in europe travel the world and then come back and be close to home for another few years Mm -hmm. and i thought she was uh, correct also and it was honestly a blessing in disguise because in my third year well, at the end of my second year is when COVID you know wreaked havoc so I would have been in the states amidst COVID amidst the entire kerfuffle. Um so I was very very blessed to end up here actually but it kind of chose me like it was the the, um, the allure of going to England which is ultimately where I want to end up for a little that kind of brought me here, and I'm still here.
0: Mm. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really liked hearing how your mom helped you out with that process. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Like, especially,
2: Dorn yeah. Queens was the
1: only one here that you applied to. Yeah, and, like, we toured it, and she was like, oh, well, this is, uh, this is white. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. interesting. Um, but she's my best friend ever, so she would never steer me wrong. mm
2: What's your hometown like? Here? Yeah, Scarborough. Oh, oh, wait. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like almost Mississauga.
1: That's not almost. That's like, like what? Like it's like forty-five minutes away. That's almost. <laughs> it's, it's it's like <laughs> it's like on the, uh, each on one side of Toronto. Yeah,
0: it's the scale yeah. too. At least we
1: don't claim Toronto. Yeah,
2: let us not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, look home for us.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm from Pickering, so I have nothing to say in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get him out of here. <laughs> uh, um, I guess I'll like go,
2: get into it. So for me, um, I only like applied to three like universities, and like at some point in my grade twelve year, like I decided like kin is what I want to do. Mainly I want to go into sports psych, like, that kind of change. But like I knew Ken what is what I wanted to do. And um, I remember coming to Queens for a tour with my friend, she's in commerce. But so we toured the Smith building, which has nothing to do with what I want. But I love the campus so much. Like I loved how like everything is like close together. I love like the water nearby. Mm. I was like, I like this vibe. Like, this is what I would want from a campus. Like, I don't want something scary. I think I had seen U Ottawa before, and I liked it, but I was like, this is, like, huge. Yeah. Um, and then I saw, like, the. it was really what brought me to Queens, like, honestly, to just, like, put it all in one, is, like, the program. It was simply just the KIN program. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved, like, the athletic therapy ministry, which I'm grateful to be part of right now, um, that's in it. I love like the courses, and I really was like, I'm here for Ken and like Ken only. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I knew it was a white school. I came from a pretty white high school. So I was like, yeah, like, I'm prepped for this. Like, I got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got through high school. I get through university. Mm-hmm. But we can get into that more. Yeah. Later. Yeah.
0: I was like, also, I toured a bunch of... Um like, all those, I mean, at least the ones I toured, like, so many very white schools in Ontario, in Southern yeah. Ontario. Yeah. And, like, I was in a similar boat-ish. I mean, my grade 12 year, I I had, I did grade 9 to 11 in, like, a pretty diverse school mm-hmm. in Pickering. um, And then grade 12, I moved to uh, a more white neighborhood, and it was a very white school. So I kind of had that, like, I'm like, oh, okay, this was the really prep yeah. to enter this institution and... Gosh, I was, like, thrown for a curve, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought we kind of start by talking about um, language. You know, this, pot, this, this episode's about, like, uh, a cultural shift. Like, what can, what can we do in, on Queen's campus um, to create a shift for, for, for the better? And I've noticed that there is a, a, an increase in language used as part of this cultural shift. And, um, and it's, that's also a point of pushback for a lot of people, um, using the, the nuances in sexuality and gender um, and race, ethnicity. So I'm, I'm wondering if you guys could hear your take on like, the importance of, of inclusive language. Um, do you feel it's important? Have you seen it? Have you seen situations where it has been important?
2: I think it's important for sure, mm-hmm. like 100%. I think in terms of, like, queens, it's very much um, with, the, I see, not just with language, just a lot of things, but, in, like, with language, it's just kind of something they, like, implement within the administration, and they push, mm-hmm. like, within the administration, which, like, okay, like, obviously, because that's, like, the, what's the word, like, governing body, or, like, the people, like, I guess, like, in charge of things that have the, uh, authority mm-hmm. um but there's also like and i guess this is hard like in a university but like there's no like education to the students like for example like um i don't know if i'm like s- exactly touching on what you're like what you mean but like example mm-hmm. with like pronouns like i feel like that just kind of like just popped up mm-hmm. and like people are like oh like do i have to like s- like say it every time like mm-hmm. it's just kind of like it just like showed up it literally is just i don't know if For me, like, it just looked like it just showed up. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's, like, again, like, there's, like, the lack of, like, education. And people are ignorant. People are ignorant. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think there's just, like, the lack of, like, context to it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like.
0: Yeah. It's it's a point, I think, a, a strong point of divergence in, like yeah like this is like why are we using this like for who does this serve and i think there's a population of people where it does it is helpful and it it does serve them a purpose um but in your same note it's like the integration of it and the education about it um uh, it's just now here and i I never really kind of thought of it like that um but I, i also like i kind of wonder like there is so many ways to identify ourselves now and there's so many different Um, um, things that have been adopted of uh, somebody's particular identity. And um, I wonder, like, I I know the the importance of having an identity, of having, be able to put words to who you feel you are. But I also wonder, like, um, um, how does that uh, um, isolate you and create you into a a particular type of bubble, Um, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, I think words, you know... Strange like they can be limiting, but they can also be they have to they're the only way we express Mm -hmm. and like being in English literature language is the crux of my existence (laughs) and learning about it and then post-graduating teaching and learning about it myself Has been so like starkly different like learning about it for four or five years it was mainly centered like the language of you know the colonial white cis male to be honest and like all of the authors we read up until maybe fourth year were white men and then in fourth year we started reading you know like indigenous stories and black stories and slave stories and that is when I got immersed in language that was a barrier but like it was also the only way that people could write about their story so yeah that was in fourth year um when we kind of got out of the uh that lens focused on like the cis white male and um I realized that words are the only way that we can express our identities express ourselves um to other people if you know we want to transcend time um because you know there are countless other things like body language and how we dress that definitely mark our identity but when it comes to language that's kind of what sticks mm-hmm. and post-graduating I like dove into all of the stories that I kind of didn't get to read in my first four years which was a lot like I still have a lot to go but I I just have learned so much about the breadth of, of existence, and how people can, can write about themselves without writing about themselves, and they connect to an entire collective, an entire consciousness, and, you know, the words we use can be really limiting, so it's like a, it's weird dichotomy. Mm. Yeah, 100%, I love that point, like, I
2: agree with that, because not only, like, can it be limiting, but it's also, like, up for, like, to perception, like, or, like, however people, like, take Mm -hmm. it, like, so, like, it's so easy that, like, people just misunderstand, like, your words or, like, it just goes over their head. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's also something, I guess, within Queens, relating back to, like, the ignorance, it's just, like, you just, like, expect it. You just naturally Mm -hmm. are, like, you don't even, like, open up um, specific conversations. You don't even, like, dive in because you're, like, You just like expect, which is sad. You're just like like there's no not there's no competency, but like
0: it's not received. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can't really dive deep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And like I feel like like that's how when you were talking about like the all the books you read in like the first four years, I feel like that's the culture. Yeah. And then diving into like more indigenous, more like diverse, more, you know, like culture like uh rooted type stuff. That's like like what we want. Like that mm. is the shift that we want.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, like if I went to school in Africa and did my undergrad in Africa, I would have read complete a completely different mm-hmm. curriculum. Mm. Not mm. just African, but like I feel like it would be centered on, you know
2: more like like spiritual cultural, faith, yes.
1: cultural, yeah, yeah mm. for sure. And so I guess like to circle back <laughs> to your question, like how we can shift forward and move forward through language is to just write differently and like write what our soul feels Mm -hmm. because our souls are all very meticulous and different and textured that like if you genuinely write what, you know, what comes out of you and not what is fed into you, Mm -hmm. then, you know, that is something different and that's something that people have never read before which is fine, but that's how we create, like, a different existence, Mm -hmm. I think.
0: Yeah, you make me think a lot about, like, sort of being externally defined opposed to internally defined. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. It's a balance.
0: Um, I want to get an idea of where you guys come from and your background and your history and your family home. (coughs) I think that will set some good context for our understanding and perception of the campus.
2: Yeah, make a question like that.
0: Um, yeah, how would you describe sort of like yeah, your family home where you grew up, or virtues of the culture you were raised in?
1: Yeah, I can start. I um, I was raised in Scarborough, <laughs> um, <laughs> in a house with my mom, my grandma, my two aunts, and my great grandma. All women, all single, all the time. And we're Spanish, Jamaican, Chinese. And then on my dad's side, my dad and I are cool. Everybody's cool. We just like, my parents had me really young and just didn't want to do the whole like marriage stay together thing, which is such a blessing. So they just co parented harmoniously. And my dad is half Jamaican and half British. So in my house, I realized this later on in life like how much of an impact it, this had on me as a a being but there were no men and like no expectations of of how to deal with a man how mm. to please a man how mm. to talk to a man how to respond to a man and so my grandma and my great-grandma mostly my great-grandma raised me she's from Ecuador because my mom was like out being a 20 year old and she raised me and just did everything like she was like the man and the woman and the king and the queen of the entire queendom. And it was just so, like, rich in, like, medicine and healing practices and prayer and culture and expression, which totally makes sense. (laughs) That was, like, the formula, and I'm the answer. (laughs) And, yeah, I realized, I've written about this a lot, but, like, my great-grandma was definitely... A medicine woman and like she had all these herbal and like um, topical remedies that were just like she just knew what to do and she would always I was a dancer for a really long time and my knees were really bad and my back was really bad so she would just like rub her hands together and like lay them on my body and that like I Don't know it was just like my first experience of like magic like Mm. real healing from the body to another body. And those are the things that I've like carried into everything that I do now. And I'm so blessed. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's a very, uh, it's a very different like childhood that I lived. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that like not everybody, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, never yeah. talked to that, really. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's powerful.
0: Oh, it's. Proper matriarchy, powerful yeah. uh, I don't know what the situation is with swearing, but I was but I was just excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Salma, would you care to share?
2: Yeah, so for me, I feel like my family is like the basic, like <laughs> so it's just me and my brother and then my mom and my dad. Um my brother's four years younger than me. I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia i don't really claim it like i'm fully sudanese mom and dad fully sudanese um and it's something that like is so dear to me like i say it with like with pride i guess like that's something that like i'm very happy to be um and living in Saudi arabia I don't claim it because I very much was like within the Sudanese culture. Like Sudanese culture was huge in school, all Sudanese kids and it was so nice. My grandparents were literally next door and I think that's just how I grew up. Like my grandparents always there, my cousins always there and we're just always together. Um, Up until like we came to Canada and I feel like that's like when it felt so different cause it was just us and it was just the new place. And I was like, I think when I, when we moved here, I was like just about to turn eight. I was very much like, this is a vacation. Hmm. We're going back. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, but it was like, it wasn't bad. I feel like the younger you come here, the easier it is to adapt. I think it was harder on my parents. Um, compared to me. And um, two years of us being here, we were in Hamilton first. And two years of us being here, my dad went back because he was like, this job situation isn't working out. Like, you know, as an immigrant, makes sense. So he went and worked back in Saudi Arabia. And then it was just my mom and my brother it was like four at the time. So like I resonated with you saying like, um, you said, you, I think your grandma or great-grandma, was like the mom and the dad. So it like my mom was the same and I still view her as that. And I think that happening shaped me now and for her too, like she had to take so much and like I'm so grateful and thankful for her, all her hard work um, to make us how we are. And I think that point in my life is like what really gave me like that sense of independence, like, at such a young age. It wasn't really, like... Like, at the time, I didn't really feel, like, pressure. Like, oh, my God, this is, like, so much is overwhelming. But it was just, like, you just had to step up, and, like, that was that. Um, And I think that's just something I carry on until now. I think I grew, and... See, there's always room for growth. But I feel like I grew and, like, became, like, focused on independence at a young age. And... That's why I'm like the older sister. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah, <laughs> very much sister. the older the sister. The office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Paints uh, like a lovely picture of you guys. Just like learning more about where you come from, who you are. I'm I'm interested in how um, these sort of upbringings, these sort of uh, identities mix with Queen's culture, and, um, there's this stat from the, um, I don't think it's called the, uh, the shift questionnaire, I think it was, like, student experience questionnaire, but 65% of racial students who responded to the questionnaire felt that they needed to hide some aspect of their identity to fit in, um, and I've certainly felt some moments of that, and so I'm wondering if you guys, uh, relate, and in those moments, did you, did you hide it, or did you sort of unapologetically, uh, show yourself and show who you are because, you know, as we said, this is a very white school and, and I don't know about you guys, but I, sometimes I really do feel the pressure to like mm-hmm. fit in and f- okay. fit a mold that isn't quite, that doesn't, that doesn't quite fit me.
2: I think definitely like in the beginning, that was something. Cause mm-hmm. um, like, I know you said this as well. Like you went to like, you kind of thought like going to a white high school. I don't, for me, like I thought it was like prepped me kind of, no, like, this the shock was still real, like, I was like, this is, like, this is crazy, like, <laughs> where are they at, where is the diversity, like, please, um, but I think, like, I just said, like, my culture is a very huge part of me, and I feel like, because I wasn't raised in Sudan, because a lot of my friends, I have a lot of Sudanese friends that I love very much, but, They were, like, born and raised in Sudan. They have, like, a different experience from what I have. And I feel like I, like, fiend for it. Like, I'm kind of, like, I wish, like, I had that. Like, I wish I was actually, like, in the country Mm -hmm. that I'm from. Or, like, at least spent more time, like, visited. But, like, I was young and, like, it's not enough. And, like, Mm -hmm. it's just been something, like, I'm, like, always fiending. Like, even though it's not in the best state right now. But, like, just fiending for that. So, I feel like... Because of that, like, like just wanting to be part of, like, the actual culture, I very much embrace it within myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, claim it till the end in terms of, like, clothing, in terms of food, in terms of language, and then just the people I surround myself with. like, mm-hmm. like cult- Like, in terms of, like, that aspect. There's also, for me, like, the aspect of religion, which I feel like, changed like enormously for me um growing up like religion has been um just has been part of my life like simply mm-hmm. like like my my family's religious we are very much practicing alhamdulillah um and it's just something that I don't want to say engraved but like it's just something that is just like second nature like it's just like in me like it's it's not even something I question um and coming to Queens because first year was my COVID year so I was at home but second year I think there were so many like changes within that because now I'm on my own there was stuff that I was like okay like I know this is like how I feel about the religion because like this is stuff I'm maintaining, this is stuff like I'm committed to. I don't even question. But there's always like there's more to do. And I think it's always during Ramadan time where these things hit, at least for me. So last year, um, being on my own, that was like a different one. Usually like, you know, you break fast with the family, like it's just like a family, like community time, but like I didn't have that. Um, and that pushed me to s- like stay cons- consistent and committed on my own, and I think my love for my religion grew even more. This year, I think very much different because last year I wasn't close to campus, this year I was, so you're kind of close to the whole scene, and the scene is very much in your face. So um, I think first semester started started off, For me, it's unpleasant, like, looking back at it, like, it's something, like, for me is unpleasant. Looking into this semester, I'm very grateful for uh, the community around me. And, like, I've always, like, embraced myself as a Muslim. Like, that's not something, like, I want to hide, but it's, like, the reflecting that, you know? And I think now that's something, like, I really want to do and, like, something that I'm, like, fully committed to. Um, especially since I'm like feeling different like types of connections especially like learning more um, and just like having like that feeling that like the flicker in your heart mm. is um, something that I've been feeling
1: yeah that's so admirable that like you being away from your family helps you like deepen into your practices yeah. cause I feel like that can be you can either go one of two ways exactly. and just drop it or like, really do it yourself, yeah, and like, I think that's beautiful. You did it yourself, mm-hmm. I think. The same also at the beginning, it was like, Oh my goodness, like, it's just the culture is so different than you know how I was raised at home and how we speak and how comfortable we are, right? That like, I was also in England for the first year, which is like also pretty white, like, I was in a village of. Two hundred people in a castle, something like that. <laughs> it was <a> <laughs> that was the culture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we were just in that weird thing for a sec, and then I came here in second year, and I feel like at the beginning it's like you don't even really think about your culture. Like you're kind mm. of just shocked by the, the yeah. atmosphere. That you're like, okay, how do I find my grounding here? You do the things you have to find your grounding, and then you worry about like making friends, you worry about your classes and whatnot, and like through all of that, it's not like you lose your culture, but like it's just not at the forefront of your mind, like Mm -hmm. staying in that just because you're trying to amalgamate, like you're trying to live in a place that is so different. And so it took some time for me also to just like be comfortable with sharing things about my culture because a lot of my friends like won't really ask the questions that would get me into yeah. you know talking about it as like something I love and something I'm proud of they would ask to like touch my hair mm. and like things that just did not were not representative of me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I would just shy away from
2: talking yeah, talk it. Yeah, to touch I my a ass, to touch the hair is, is so weird. Like, yeah. still today. <laughs> like, I don't ask that. you Stop think, doing like, that. you're going to, like, like, like feel some yeah, like, like, energy? Like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no, have you
0: not is. even, like, open anything? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you you've, both of you have spoken to such, like, I think what's amazing is, like, this, um, your practice is so close to your heart, and, like, there was no... There was not an option to hide it, like in some sense, and like because mm-hmm. it's part of who you are. Um, exactly. But I, I, de- I certainly have, have felt like um, having to be more comfortable and uh, with myself and uh, express myself and express my culture. And the turbulence of first year, my goodness, mm-hmm. turbulence. Okay. Um, I think. It, I mean. I think it's. Um, I think I've, 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 uh, along with your note, felt very. Um, heard and um, very excited when people uh, ask questions from humility and they they, from genuine genuine curiosity and like um, seeing that we are different people and we do come from different backgrounds but there's something we can both learn in in an exchange of information and time together. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt it was like super difficult for me in the first year like reflecting back like looking retroactively like um, being on like a team. I was on the rugby team, like just all white people, you know. And like, I didn't even know where to look, you know. I didn't even know what I was looking for, what I wanted. Um, and I think, like, I think the fact that I'm biracial also plays a huge part in that. Like, my mom's white, and my dad's black, and so this pull of like culture within me is is always something very prevalent. And like, trying to find my feet between those two poles. Um, yeah
1: you feel that pull at home as well
0: i mean within my household like my family home not particularly actually you know what's strange is like like mm-hmm. looking at the sort of dynamic of my parents like race is always kind of a joke brought up you know like my dad's black my mom's white like they bring up kind of the racial jokes about that and like mm-hmm. I think that that kind of planted some seeds of mm-hmm. psychological, <laughs> sort of, like, <laughs> warfare, yeah, yeah, warfare in myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so shout out to my parents when you guys are listening to this, thanks for that one. Um, but, like, even, like, even, you know, and when I go visit my dad's side of the family, my black side of the family, like, I notice that they notice that I'm not yeah. dark-skinned. It's something, that's, it's something that's around. I notice how they treat my mom, who's white. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom really has to stand up for herself and, like, you know, and... It's hurtful, you know, it's hard.
2: I think it sucks like how like within like, with like biracial like couples and that type of stuff, it's like, you're either like, and especially like you being like a biracial like, not child anymore, but like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like their child. Um, how it's either like, you're like more on like the quote unquote like black, mm-hmm. with, like quote unquote white. And it's like, why can't I just be like who I am? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it swaying towards like, right
0: yeah that's such like does it matter yeah that's such the that's like such you're the, you yeah <laughs> yeah um i'm wondering like i mean we've talked a lot about like our sort of journey through um queens and i was wondering if you guys can speak to like um sort of community or support that you've found that has like helped you in this in in this i don't know what it is like sort of this flowering of who you are whatever right. that sort of whatever that might be And maybe some things that, like, you've noticed that have held you back within Queens, like, and particularly I'm talking, you know, services, clubs, people, places, Mm -hmm. things like this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Is there anything that jumps out into your mind?
1: Um, Well, in Queens specifically, um, it, being in the, you know, castle in first year was like a community of its own. Even there, um, it was really hard to, to distinguish, like, what it was, what life was going to be like when we got to Queens, because we all had no idea. We had all just flown to England from our home bases, so it was very, like, diverse in our, you know, it wasn't completely diverse in, like, a cultural aspect, like, I, there were probably three or four other black people, um, or even other colored people, but when we all got here, um, we kind of all huddled together as, like, a collective, because, We were just outsiders from not being here in first year. Um, So that was a community that I kind of held for a little bit. um, And then it just kind of got, it just dissipated uh, until fourth year when I was in the Vogue charity fashion show. Um, And that was a community that blossomed me in my artistic endeavors. And like I started modeling in third year and I got into the creative direction aspect of, of who I am. Um, but in, in all of that, I still felt alone and I still felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb in a good way. Like mm-hmm. it was good for me because I don't have a problem expressing who I am. And that is like the whole, you know, basis of these clubs is to like express who you are in your fullest. Um, but it got kind of blurred when you were being creatively directed by someone or you couldn't really express your ideas if you weren't like the director and you were just like a model or a dancer and you had to be like under someone. And I, d- I know like in my professional creative spheres, like I'm built to be the director and I'm built to like just <laughs> make <laughs> things for myself, yeah. by myself. Yeah. And like share it with the world and like not be yeah. maneuvered. So.
0: Buttonheads. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful button heads. Beautiful like, I'm just picturing heads. it in my mind. Yeah, that, like, I would just yeah.
1: do what I felt was right. Yeah. So powerful. And yeah. uh, thank you. And so that was, like, it was a struggle, but it also got me, like, some grit. Like, I really, mm-hmm. that's built up my toughness, and it built up my voice. Um, and now I am doing all the things that I want to be doing for myself. So I love that for you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What's the question again? Well, <laughs> it was like, um, the yeah. Community. Like sort of, yeah, kind of like what, what, what sort of things have you found at Queens that have sort of supported you and okay. supported your community?
2: I feel like because we kind of like mentioned or like briefly talked about this topic. Uh, I think when we first met or something. I think we got into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I said something and interestingly it's changed in some ways. But. Right now, um, I think the Muslim community is like a huge, huge like, just the place for me right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with Kumsa, even though I've been part of the team since this like the beginning of this year, I think this past like three weeks have been like the time where I've really felt like this is like my community mm. and like genuinely like like loved being part of it and I think since we started our Iftar program um, we're always together and we're always, it's the fact that like we're giving to these students and we're building this sense of community it's so beautiful to have all the Muslim students together in one space, breaking fast um, like just like showing gratitude, and, you know, like, being in this, uh, in this, like, aura of, like, like, Ramadan, and fasting, and, like, mm-hmm. peace, and, like, spiritualness, devotion. and devotion, yeah, um, and I've gotten, like, much closer with the girls, and it's just, it's, like, a very, very nice sisterhood, and I don't think I've ever had that, like, I've always been sort of like like I have one friend here and like one friend here but like I would never mix the two type thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah yeah, yeah. totally <laughs> same. Yeah. Kind of a floater, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like don't get come <laughs> to <not get laughs> yeah, yeah. you you each other. <laughs> you, you don't guys know, don't even know. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: but now I have this sisterhood and it really is <sighs> like a sisterhood. Like these girls, like I'm so grateful for them because I really do feel like they have my back and like they have my best interest and it's so easy to talk to them i feel like for me like i felt scared to like get into like the muslim community cuz i'm like well like this is like like a mind trick but it's kind of like well i haven't been like the best muslim like like they'll judge me even though they don't necessarily know but i'm like they'll judge me or like I won't fit in or like you know which is it's not like that at all and at the end of the day like you are who you are everyone everyone makes their mistakes and everything but it's just been so easy to just like ease into that and just find myself like it's been, like I've been myself like I've never felt like I've had to like hi- like hide something or like sway from something like I've just I speak how I am in the moment um and I also just learned so much from them. Mm. So I feel like that's been a huge community. And I've like been rambling, but also I want to talk about like like faith and spiritual life. I think that's also been a great com- I love coming to the office. Yeah. I love seeing everyone, whoever's in the office, I love seeing them mm. because like it's become so easy to talk to them. Like if there's anyone that I can just like have like even with you guys like Monique I know we just recently met but like Mm -hmm. after our first meeting like you are so like you are such a beautiful soul like so so beautiful like just hearing you talk like it's just these like little mini communities this is like what shapes like for me this is like what's shaping my third year and honestly like my whole university year like scratch year two Mm -hmm. like scratch it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) strike it from the record (laughs) it's (laughs) not it's not a thing yeah no Wow. That's like so really beautiful. where it began. So beautiful.
1: You know. I'm so glad you have a sisterhood. Like that is some real, can we swear on this? Boss, <laughs> 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 boss you know. Yeah. That Boss, yeah. fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah, boss, blank, blank. <laughs> yeah. Like I, that is all we need really. Like yeah. a sisterhood and a brotherhood that like, that's how we, that's how we operated yeah. back in the medieval times. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm back, sitting around the fire and stuff, like it was like, r mm-hmm. Yeah, in Chosen all times, people.
2: like that's just how it, that's just how it naturally is. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, um, like speaking, I guess, to sexes, like females and males, like it's very much like feeding off of each other. Each one is like there to help each other. It's never mm-hmm. like a more power over the other, which just sucks like, that this is how things have become. We've, yes. Um, especially, I think, I mean, in so many cultures, but I guess, like, here, too, you really see it. Mm -hmm. And here you see it. Also, like, race plays a role. Culture plays a role. Um, yeah.
0: It's so strange that the, there's majority women at the school. Uh, like, I mean, according, uh, 2020 census that, uh, women, uh, Women represent over half the registered student across all programs, but this patriarchal um, effort to separate women and to to um, yeah to separate women is very prevalent. I mean, I feel I'm not a woman, but I mean, I see it with my mom and I see it with my friends at times, and and there's there is I love how you said sister because there's so much power in women coming together
1: it's true it goes against like the the quote-unquote like natural you know what's supposed to be Mm -hmm. because like the sister wound that you talk about like pitting you know sisters against each other and women against each other for beauty and and their bodies and and to to win the
0: you know affections of a man yes like
1: that is just a natural thing that happens even with like best friends like two Mm -hmm. best friends like One always wants to try and be doing what the other one's doing and and that just happens naturally, but like when you really like Come down to the essence of like the relationships two women together is like the like When you have like all the masculine and the feminine together not talking about men and women, but that just brings Mm -hmm. in a whole Like it's a complete essence
0: This is like that's why I'm I wanted to, I wanted to you guys, I wanted to black women, which is Thank a you. powerful identity. It's a, it's a powerful identity and it's a powerful um, state of being. And it's also the point of a lot of uh, um, attempts for oppression because of the power it holds. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I thought maybe I'd give you guys a, a, a second to like, Like, just open up the floor and, like, kind of, like, speak directly to the women listening or whomever of, like, considering this patriarchy, considering the way it um, uh, programs division amongst women. Like, what would you have to, like, what would you want to say to to them, I guess? Um, What? Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. I was like, so nervous asking this. No. Okay, because I can't. I'm not like I can't guide you guys in this. Like this is like amongst women. Like this, you know yeah, what I'm like. Yeah, okay. like this was broadcasted
1: yeah. on every single mm-hmm. like PA system exactly. in the subways everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> We're gonna, like start like there's so much. But it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that you are powerful. Without a doubt, you are different, and that is what makes you powerful. And you have the entire universe inside of you. Like, every single cell that's operating inside of you is doing its job to keep you alive. And without you even thinking about it. Millions. Billions, actually. And that is a powerhouse. Like, you as an entity, as a being as an ecosystem are so meticulous and so important. And that is, that is your only job here, is to do that until it stops doing that. And the ways that you do that, in the ways that you wanna do that when you wake up in the morning and the things that you want to do and the clothes you wanna put on and the jewelry you wanna put on and the places you wanna go and how you wanna get there, and what you want to say those are all so meticulous and so important and like you please just do them to the fullest extent and do them with raw passion and and love and and you know intention and magic because you even just like going to bed and dreaming and and breathing and operating as a as a being, is magic in and of itself. So you have no issues. <laughs> 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 you do have issues, of course, external issues. <laughs> but like on the inside, like at at its essence, like you are a magical powerhouse. So
2: that was so beautiful. Yeah. That hit me. That was um, so beautiful. It's true. I don't even know where to get to. that <laughs> no, I mean, whatever. <laughs> You know. For me, honestly, something that I would love all women, honestly, everyone to feel, but like, and especially women, because there's so much, there's so much always going on externally and internally. Um, just find your peace, like, find your peace, because like, once you find your peace, like, everything becomes just very mellow and like... You just move, literally like you mentioned, like with intent, with passion, with love, and you just radiate that. And I think there's nothing more powerful than women radiating their energy Mm -hmm. and who they are, because other women see that. And other women need to see that, because it's just, again, like drives other people. It's just beautiful to see. And at the end of the day, like, we're like here to like reach like this peace. like everything else that's external is just like distractions. It's just like opinions, which is something we get so caught upon because of just the way society is. But at the end of the day, like it's you and it's you within yourself and what you wish to do with that. So I think finding peace and being at peace with yourself and who you are um, is so important. Thanks, auntie. Thank you.
1: It's true. Thank you. And like if you ever are scrambled and like don't know where your peace went, like it you know, fell out of your pocket or you got lost or something, just like listen to your heartbeat, like sit in quiet and like listen to the beat of your heart mm-hmm that's pumping blood into every single thing that everybody has like everybody around you has the same exact thing at a different tempo and like get to know yours like Mm -hmm. what is the quality of it is it quiet is it soft is it passionate like yeah
2: yeah being alone is um, is huge Mm -hmm. I think this is like kind of touching back on like the sisterhood thing but i feel like with girls it's always like like girl group girl group like friends all that like that's cool like that's good obviously like have your people but like when you have like that sisterhood like you need like needs to be like actually like sisters like i think society really pushed the idea of like just having like a big like girlfriend group and like going out having fun which is like fine but like especially in like young girls it's very much like the group that like drives who they are how they move but really like take time to just be on your own and like like monique said like listen to your heartbeat like find out who are you like what is like your energy like Mm -hmm. where like where do you find peace Mm -hmm. you know i think that's very important
0: Uh, Yeah. wow thank you guys
2: that was a beautiful question (sighs) (laughs) Um,
0: we're sort of getting near the end um so i wanted to just get into a little bit of like just the tangibles i suppose not that this isn't a tangible even in this conversation even what we're doing right now is creating a cultural shift this is where culture is created um but I want to ask you guys sort of directly like like you have a magic wand of sorts and you can change one thing about the culture of the school, the the structure, the system of the school. Um, what is it that you're gonna change?
2: Hmm. I feel like like people just need to open their eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, people need to see, like, there is a culture here, and it's growing, thankfully. Obviously, that doesn't fix things, but it is growing, at least for me seeing from, like, last year till this year. um, People, like, need to open their eyes and, like, be aware of it. Mm -hmm. Like, there's there's so much culture here. Like, there's more than I thought there is. Like, there's so much, and it sucks that you kind of have to go looking for it, I think that's the big thing like how do you like put this in people's faces like mm-hmm. everyone like not just the people that are looking for it um i think that's like the the real question because it's there yeah it's definitely
1: there
0: i feel that i've noticed it yeah. more and more yeah the more, more i've sought it out yeah and more i've sort of opened my eyes
1: yeah yeah, I practice this every night with my magic wand on my nightstand. Like, what would I change today? Mm, yes, <laughs> um, yes. Today, uh, kind of like Salma said, like, people need to open their eyes. I would want people to open their hearts, like, just wash away all of the, you know, the extra stuff, the fluff, and just like, teach, you know, with, from the curriculum, from, um, just, like, at a base level at the foundation, like, this all-consuming love, and, like, how can you go about your day, you know, in service, loving yourself, in service to other people, like, even, I don't know what you guys learn in kinesiology, that's not my sector, but, like, (laughs) how can you, like, love the body, Mm. and, like, how can you heal things by loving the body, I don't know, like, you know it can it love is healing that's true and like i think it would change a lot of things at its foundation it
2: definitely what culture. you said with uh like love is healing cuz someone that is at peace with themselves and loves themselves is going to radiate love and like that's really all we need like you don't have to be an expert on like every culture, their mm. history, every faith. Like no one is asking for that. Like we are not mm-hmm. like experts. Like I'm not an expert in my own faith and culture, you know? But it's just like approaching everything with love and like with interest and like just like calmness. Like, I am saying like peace a lot, but literally like, approaching it like with peace, like like you recognize like this is here and you being like at peace with yourself and loving yourself will just radiate that energy out there. And like, that's really what people here need, especially like minorities, like that's all they need. Mm -hmm.
0: Can we, for, for the, for the minorities, for people who don't, of the same skin color as the majority of people here um can we resist and keep the peace and keep the love um our acts of resistance to whatever oppressive system we found ourselves in or, or is imposing attempts for control on us um i think acts of resistance are important um I suppose my question is, what what are we to remember when we are um, when we are resisting?
1: Mm-hmm. I think if it's something that seriously um, shakes your alignment and like deviates from the path of your you know your soul song, then you absolutely have to have to stand up for yourself stand up for your soul, and, like, speak so that it it goes right in your path, whatever that looks like. And a lot of times it's going to be deviant. But, like, just existing as we do, being birthed with the skin color was deviant. Mm. And so, like, there's, it's kind of, uh, it's like a duty of ours. It's like, if we have this this uh if we have the skin color if we have this hair texture if we have these things that mark us as different and we're given them at birth we're given these things as gifts why would we not stand up for them and why would we not carry them through and like lift them up throughout our whole lives Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because this is like this is our path Mm
2: -hmm.
1: so like as as difficult and as um like contrasting and and crunchy as it feels to do these things and to to speak in honor of ourselves like this is the path of of what we're supposed to be doing this is our right path so like you got it it's in your genes Mm
2: -hmm. I think I loved like what you said like how well I think we talked about this like before this recording but I loved how um you never felt like the need to kind of like sh- like you've always stayed true to yourself and that's so powerful like so so powerful <laughs> like um it's like being in like the queen's culture like it's like almost like just like subconscious like you're like oh like i guess we are doing this and you're like no, no, no like i don't want to do that you know like mm-hmm. just so many things that just like subconsciously happen, but like you said, like, it's so important to stay true to yourself, and it's the most rewarding thing, like, you're just, like, you're just at such, like, a calm state, and, like, you just move, like, with passion, and, like, with intent, and everything just comes, ends up coming from the heart, and hopefully, like, just with goodness, so, yeah, I think, like, definitely, like that's like the basic thing but like stay true to yourself like always like because at the end like this is a whole like university with a bunch of buildings a bunch of people administration students but you're like you're the one leaving it it's not coming with you you know like you're just in this space right now and it's like you within yourself but then you're leaving it You know, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you're not, the university is not, this culture is not moving with you. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's like about yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's something like, I think you need to stay true to. And it's more powerful to keep an imprint of who you are here than like leave with something that you don't want from here. Mm. You
1: know? Like it's a universe city. Like, it's a city of universes, and you have to cultivate yours based Mm -hmm. on, you know, the atmosphere and and what it gives you. But, like, it's also a city that hustles and bustles and moves about as time goes on. So, like, you have to kind of move along with the current. And when you leave it, it's still going to be a city of universes. But, like, your universe is the only thing that you have to delegate.
0: Uh, I I could talk to both of you for hours. Mm -hmm. And... This has been absolutely wonderful. I Thank like you it. so much to both of you.
2: This was so important to like yeah. have and like talk about these. Th- it's I love that we can have these conversations because mm-hmm. this is part of the
1: shift. Yeah, I want to do this forever. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> part two coming yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd end off with a little story. Uh, it's the.
1: I love story.
0: From what I've understood, it's the creation story that uh, the Digibway creation story, um, adapted from a person who was adapted from a person who, uh, who adapted it from actually, um, Richard Wagamese. Um, and I thought that we could, uh, end it on that note. I'm sending a strange new creature to live among you. The creator told the animal people. He is to be called man and he is to be your brother, but unlike you, he will have no fur on his body, will walk on two legs and will not be able to speak with you because of this, he will need your help in order to survive and become who I am creating him to be. You will need to be more than brothers and sisters. You'll need to be his teachers. Man will not be like you. He will not come into this world like you. He will not be born with knowing or understanding who or what he is. He will have to search for this, and it is in the search he will find himself. He will have a tremendous gift that you do not have. He will have the ability to dream. With this ability, he will be able to invent great things. And because of this, he will move further away from you. And you will need to help him even more when this happens. But to, but to help him, I'm going to send him out into the world with one very special gift. I'm going to give him the gift of the knowledge of truth and justice, but like his identity, he must search for it because if he finds this too easily, he will take it for granted. So I'm going to hide it. And I need your help to find a good hiding place. This is why I've called you here. A great murmur ran through the crowd of animal people. One by one, the animal people came forward and suggested where the creator should hide the gift of knowledge of truth and justice. Animal after animal, suggesting places to hide the gift. But all the places were too easy for humans to discover finally just as discouragement was about to invade the circle a tiny voice from the back from from the back of the gathering spoke up the animal people were all surprised to hear the voice belonged to the mole i know where to hide it my creator he said i know where to hide the gift of the knowledge of truth and justice where then my brother asked the creator where should i hide the gift put it inside them the mole said put it inside them because only the wisest and purest of hearts have the courage to look there and that is where the creator placed the gift of the knowledge of truth and justice thank you for listening to this bonus episode of the shift podcast For the list of all the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit the SHIFT podcast website at queensu.ca forward slash campus wellness project forward slash shift hyphen podcast. If you'd like to get involved with the SHIFT podcast or have questions or comments in general, feel free to email queensshiftproject at queensu.ca. If you'd like to get involved with the Office of Faith and Spiritual Life, email chaplain at queensu.ca.